Excuse me? Um, yeah? Where are you from? Where am I from? I, I'm from Texas. No, no, no. Where are you really from? Where are your ancestors from? Oh, um, I'm Scottish and Irish on my dad's side, and my mom's from Laos. Laos? Where's that? Uh, it's in between Thailand and Vietnam. Thailand and Vietnam? Where's that? Um, Southeast Asia? Where's that? Um, hold on a minute. You, you don't know where Southeast Asia is? Greetings, soul sisters, spiritual brethren, and non-binary siblings. This is the Queer Ritual Podcast, a place to discuss healing, spiritual practices, guided meditations, and self-empowerment with a queer-minded focus. Allies are welcome, too. I'm your host, Ricky B. Malone. My pronouns are he, they. I'm a Reiki master, intuitive healer, and master esthetician based out of the East Coast of the U.S. My goal with this podcast is to empower others to discover their true selves and live the lives they truly want. All right. Humorous story aside, that is something that actually happened to me, by the way, although uh, the actual context was slightly different. She got all excited and said, are you Korean? Because she was like a Korea boo. She was really into K-pop and thought I was a Korean American. But anyway... (laughs) The topic I'm going to speak on today is on microaggressions. So, first off, I do want to apologize. I had to install a window unit in my home office because we redid the AC in our house. And with the new system, I couldn't get the ductwork up into the upstairs. So, I ended up having to put a window unit in my office. So, if you hear a hum in the background, that's where it's coming from. I apologize. Hopefully, going forward, I will... um, cool down the room before I start recording so that I can turn it down low. But for now, you might hear a hum in the background. There's not really much I can do about it. But let's go. Now, you don't have to be a minority to have experienced microaggressions, but it certainly can happen more often when you are a minority. In my case, I tend to get the ethnically ambiguous microaggressions or the mixed race microaggressions, as well as the gender and sexuality microaggressions. So let's go over a definition so that we're all on the same page here. I think most people have a concept of what a microaggression is, but just in case, let's get the definition out of the way. This one I did pull from Wikipedia. It says that microaggression is a term used for commonplace daily verbal, behavioral, or environmental slights whether intentional or unintentional, that communicate hostile, derogatory, or negative attitudes towards stigmatized or culturally marginalized groups. The term was coined by the Harvard University psychiatrist Chester M. Pierce in 1970, and was then later popularized by Columbia University psychology professor Daryl Wing Sue. D.W. Sue is Asian American and is a specialist in psychology. I believe he also has a clinical psychology practice. Now, in the years since D.W. Sue popularized the term, he has expressed his own reservations with how broadly the term is now used. So he did not mean for it to be something that's so commonplace that every single person has experienced it. He was specifically talking about examples that minorities experience 
from the majority culture. But it, it is a little bit of a nebulous term, which is why there are people that like to attack the term microaggression, saying that people who use that term are hypersensitive or just, you know, like to turn compliments into insults or things like that. Uh, now, I don't necessarily face every single Asian American version of a microaggression just because I'm mixed and I can pass for white in certain circumstances, but I certainly have seen them. I have experienced them from time to time. Um, more often in my case, it'll be one of the cultural things like, why do you eat noodles so much? Or like, why do you eat with your hands? Why are you always talking about Lao food? That sort of thing. Uh, it, which can still feel like an othering experience. It's unfortunately it is human nature to point out differences among people. So when someone says a microaggression, they might not necessarily have any hostility in their words. They might genuinely be thinking what they're saying is a compliment, but it, it still feels othering to the person who receives it. And that's why I like the term. I've heard this description for microaggression before. It's death by a thousand mosquito bites. You know, one mosquito bite is more of a nuisance. But after a thousand mosquito bites, you probably want to torch every mosquito you see in your vicinity, right? And that's kind of how a microaggression goes. It's people pointing out a difference. And sometimes it's something implied as opposed to something that's actually said. Like one microaggression that I've heard quite a few times in my life is people saying to me, you know, you're the least gay gay guy I know. And it's like, is that supposed to be a compliment that I'm the least gay gay guy you know? And people who say that, they're saying it as a compliment. But the implication is that being visibly gay or ostensibly gay is somehow a bad thing or fitting the stereotypes of what a gay guy should be is a bad thing. And like, when people say that to me, you're the least gay gay guy I know, they're implying that I don't fit the stereotype and that's somehow a good thing. And when it comes down to it, the community is diverse. So every gay guy you know has something about them that doesn't fit the stereotype, right? I think in my case, no, nah, I shouldn't speculate. It's not worth the effort. <laughs> I was about to go somewhere I shouldn't have with this conversation. But anyway, people don't necessarily mean any harm when they commit a microaggression. But to the recipient, it drives home the point of how they're different. And that can be a very othering experience. I fairly recently was accused myself of committing a microaggression, which is why I came up with this topic for this week. In addition to it also being Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, I think, you know, racial minorities definitely experience this. And it's, it's something that we all can vent about to each other. So that's why I started with the where are you really from comment, which, yes, I have received that one. Uh, another example, sorry, I'm going to go on a tangent here. I had written a note about telling this story and I didn't really have a place to put it. So I'm going to stick it here. When I was 12, I want to say I was 12. Maybe I was 13. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. I was a preteen or a young teenager. I was at the grocery store with my mom in Texas at a Tom Thumb, just me and her. 
And, you know, I recognize that I might not look Asian to some people. So me walking with my mom, this white lady got confused by the two of us standing so close together that she pulled me aside, separated me from my mom, and then just asked me, are you okay? And I was confused. I was like, um, yeah. And then she grabbed my arm and then she told me to look her in the eyes and tell her that I was okay. And I was like, um, I'm okay. And then she kind of just blinked at me for a few seconds and realized I had no idea what she was talking about. And she walked off. Now it took me years to recognize after that event that she thought I was being kidnapped. She thought in this moment that she was being a good Samaritan by separating a child from his mother simply because they appeared to be different races in her brain that didn't compute that that could have been my mother, even though I look like her. Right. And at the time that didn't really feel like an othering experience. It just felt weird. And then years later, that memory popped into my head and I was like, holy crap. That's what was going on. And it's just one of those things that human beings are hardwired to notice differences in people. So we might make comments that make someone feel like an other. And we might not mean it in that moment. You know, minorities can commit microaggressions against other minorities too. And, you know, men can commit it against women. Women can commit it against women, etc. The The possibilities really are endless. Which is one of the reasons why D.W. Sue has expressed his reservations with how much this term gets thrown around now. He didn't really mean for it to be quite as popular of a term as it is now. And so there is a also a... a juxtaposition between microaggressions and macroaggressions. So macroaggressions are overtly racist acts or overtly racist statements, whereas microaggressions can be, uh, what's the word? Covertly, covertly racist statements. And the minority experience doesn't matter whether you're talking race, ethnicity, sexuality, what have you. The minority experience is an other experience. So, Receiving comments that drive home the point that you're different can hurt, especially after it's a thousand times, the death by a thousand mosquito bites, right? Now, I recognize that I had a lot of insecurities around my race, especially because people don't necessarily get my race by looking at me, uh, People not being able to tell what ethnicity I am by looking at me can also be an isolating experience, especially when it's people from my own community who isolate me and expose me as or uh, tell me that they think I'm something else, which I've already talked about plenty in this podcast. Part of that perpetual foreigner experience, too. He notes that, uh, you know, Asians born in Asia might separate Asians born in America or Asians born abroad and point out the differences as to why we're not the same when, you know, we both are the same and different and that's okay. You know, if we want to build communities, we have to get over these differences that we have with each other because of course everyone has differences from each other. Even identical twins have differences from each other. We are all unique 
special creatures. So we need to move past our differences and learn to work towards commonalities, which goes against human nature, which is why this is tough work that has to be done both on the individual level and the societal level for us to truly heal, you know, as a people, as a nation, as a planet, we have to learn how to work past our differences as opposed to just being fixated on them. So how do we work on microaggressions? You know, I think most people who have been, when they've gone through this, there's either two options in most people's heads. You either go on the offensive and try to educate them as to why what they said is not okay, or you retreat and say nothing. I will admit, I usually am the latter. I usually retreat and say nothing. It's very rare for me to call somebody out to their face. I'm just not that kind of person. I'm not a confrontational person like that. So when someone has said a microaggression to me, it might hurt. I might take it personally, but I'm not going to say anything to their face. Because what's the point? So what I pulled up is the term radical acceptance. This is a term coined by Tara Brosh. There is a book titled Radical Acceptance by Tara Brosh that comes from a modern Western psychological reinterpretation of Buddhism. So in a nutshell, radical acceptance is learning to accept the things that we are powerless to change and realize that our own suffering in those scenarios are caused by our attachment to the pain as opposed to what actually happened. You know, it's the recognition that what's in the past is in the past. So the continued pain that happens from your past is tied to your attachment to your past. So it's accepting that in Buddhism, we try to let go of our attachments. So that should also include letting go of our attachment to our pain. That's where radical acceptance comes from. I also wrote a note here about the serenity prayer. You know, this comes from a Christian background that goes, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So whether you're coming at this from an Eastern perspective or a Western perspective, there's something to take away here that rather than focusing on society, trying to change society so that it no longer hurts you, work on yourself. It's the acceptance that everyone around us lives within a certain amount of ignorance. So rather than trying to educate the world, because that is a huge undertaking, why not focus on accepting it? Accepting the things that we are powerless to change. You know, you can't carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. So... If you're not a confrontational person, which I am not, it is far easier to accept one's lot in life and accept the ignorance of others than it is to go on the offensive. You know, how much you wish to educate others out of their ignorance is your own personal choice. And if you can recognize that it's not worth the effort or it's not worth the fight, then that allows you to be the better person in that scenario. Now, you're entirely within your rights to call out somebody for a microaggression. You know, just say, like, hey, 
you know, your statements like that really make me feel like I'm different and weird and that's not okay. You know, whatever the context is, add in the context, you know, just saying like, Hey, you know, when you ask where I'm from, you really make me feel like I don't belong here, for instance. Or, you know, if I wanted to have a retort to the gay gay guy comment, be like, hey, you know, when you say I'm the least gay gay guy, you know, you might mean that as a compliment, but it's a backhanded compliment because you're trying to say to me that the things about me that aren't fitting a gay stereotype are the good things about me. And that's really where I'm at. You know, I'm in my mid thirties and I've learned to accept that ignorant comments from others are just going to keep happening in my life. You know, I can choose to be upset about them. And there are certain instances where I absolutely have been upset about them, but I can also choose to not, I can choose to accept that this is my lot in life and it's not my job to educate everybody around me. That's all I got for now. I'll see you soon. If you wish to contact me directly or have your question featured in a future episode of the podcast, you can send me an email at tqrpodcast at gmail.com or find me on Instagram, tqrpodcast, or my personal Instagram, Ricky Dementia. That's R-I-K-I Dementia. Thank you for listening. With love and gratitude, signing off.